This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Fumble Mitts, and we talk about a lot of crazy stories, a lot of funny stories, had a great time, um, but also we go through our list of preparation for season, what we do to get ready and getting everything in line for the season, which is coming up soon. Um, quick note before we jump right into the podcast, make sure to check out me and Elliot on YouTube. I'm Duck Gun Chronicles. Elliot is freelance duck hunting. Indiana, we really haven't had a lot of opportunities yet, but Elliot in Kansas has really been smashing the birds. So um, we both film all of our hunts and post them on YouTube. So be sure to check that out. Now for a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention? Our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, But they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, You can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host alongside me, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and Fumble Mitts, the assassin, or formerly the assassin, who knows, from Freelance Duck Hunting, Duck Hunting as well. How you guys doing tonight? Oh, we know now. The vote is in. <laughs> I am the assassin. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the vote's in. Elliot was all primed up to demote me, and his his watchers won't allow him. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the final percentage? Sixty-five assassin to thirty-five. Mm. Yeah, they the respect their elders. <laughs> that's the last time Elliot's gonna put. Uh, that's the last time Elliot's gonna put that much power into his uh, viewers' hands. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah, when you want to do something real bad, don't ask anybody else's opinion. <laughs> I love the title, The Duck Hunter, formerly known as The Assassin. I absolutely love it. I wish I hadn't put up a vote on that video. <laughs> well, I, there was a part of it in that video that I cut out. You know how, like, Prince for a while changed his name just to that symbol? And then everyone called him the artist, formerly known as, as Prince, right? You're aware of that. Um, I don't know who Prince is, but it sounds kind of familiar. You don't know who Prince is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Okay. I can't stand him, and even I know who. Okay. He is. Well, anyway, <laughs> he's a singer. He's he's dead now, but um, he's a singer through the late eighties, nineties, two thousands, and he changed his name to a symbol, and so then people called him the artist formerly known as Prince. So that's how mm. I thought of the duck hunter formerly known as the assassin. And I had this whole bit in there I cut out of the video where I was thinking of like coming up with some picture of like a crosshairs with like an X through it. And that would be his legal name. <laughs> and then by default, then his name would be the, uh, the hunter formerly known as the assassin. Nice. Like Prince. But if you don't know Prince, the reference is totally lost. <laughs> if you don't know Prince. I know uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. No, oh <laughs> he's, you're old he, enough. You should. He's know like who from Prince the is. 80s, 90s. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're old enough. You should know who Prince is. Uh, he's a good up. man. He's not into that stuff. Rumor has it, Illuminati is the one that took Prince out. Actually, mm. so, or, I don't know. Or maybe it was yeah. the assassin himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those of you that are listening, if, if you if you want kind of a more of an insight on what exactly we're talking about. Um, I put out a video on Monday on the Freelance Duck Hunting YouTube channel where I had been calling Fumbles the assassin on the previous hunts, and he wasn't living up to his title, let's just say, on this hunt. So I was threatening to take his his name, the assassin, nickname the assassin away and put up a vote for the viewers to vote on because, you know, the little cards, you can actually click on them and put up polls and votes and I'll say there was enough votes on that that one vote did not change it. So it's more than a couple hundred votes for sure. The whole thing was that I wasn't shooting and everybody shot their limit. And then I would pick up my gun and I would drop my limit on about five or six shots, you know, <laughs> and they, they started calling me the assassin. The reason I was killing them all is because they were landing in the decoy phase. <laughs> Nice. The shots you were passing up Monday were easy shots. You passed up four or five really the easy shots. The assassin gets the right to choose his marks. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't go for just any old shot. <laughs> anyway, I'm a little disappointed. Of the out. Did did you vote? Out of curiosity, I, I did not vote, but I would have voted for assassin. Ah, uh, <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I am happy that they voted that. You know, that it was that unanimous to keep the assassin. You can listen. This this thread will continue for about the next ten hunts, in which you're going to be moaning over the fact that you had to give me that, that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, every oh, miss, the every miss <laughs> shot, you'll be like the assassin. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to call him that because you guys won't change his name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I really, really, really liked that video. It's my favorite video of the season. Awesome. Well, since uh, we don't well, have, I like. Go ahead. Go ahead. With go what ahead. you're gonna say. 
I lost my train of thought already. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So I, I was gonna say since yeah, we don't have uh, well, since we don't have fumbles on here a lot. Um, or the assassin. Oh, this is gonna be tough. Um, <laughs> uh, I was figuring we should do uh, the lightning round with him. Okay. So you've uh, yeah. you've you've seen this enough. You know what the lightning round is. So we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. All right. What gun do you shoot? Uh, <laughs> this old age is getting me. Benelli uh, Black Eagle Two. All righty. It was, uh, it was given to me by my employer on my 24th, 25th uh, working anniversary. Cool. That's a good employer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it so much I jumped up and kissed him on the cheek, and it made him really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's your dream wow. shotgun? Uh, my dream, my, that is my dream shotgun. You wouldn't uh, upgrade to a three? Um, I I don't know the difference. <laughs> Me either, but uh, I just know three is better than two. Yeah, yeah, the finish on mine. I, I, I asked for the camo finish, and immediately it starts wearing off. I wish that I would just gone with the black. Hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, I have the same issue with my A5. It, uh, the, the coating on it's not lasting that well. Um, yeah. What shot... What shotgun shells did you shoot? Uh, Remington. Uh, federal. Fe- oh, Federal. Uh, Three-inch. Uh, I think it's ounce and an eight. <laughs> Fifteen. Is that 1550? Yeah, 1550. See, I've only recently gone to that. Uh, I, I was reloading my own shells shortly after we started hunting, and I found out I couldn't kill them with the new steel, which was about 1,200 feet per second. Mm. So I started loading my own. And then my brother-in-law, who is a uh, gun dealer, uh, found a place where he could buy uh, cases of uh, Federals, I think they're Federals, two and, yeah, three, they two and three quarter inch for about $3.50 a box. But that was like 20 years ago. Well, yeah, we both bought about 10, 10 uh, cases. cases, and it's, it took me decades to use all those shells up. Mm-hmm. He still has them in his basement but he won't sell me any but they're a slow though that's a slow shell it's, it's a 1360 i killed a lot of birds with 13 yeah, i don't like i don't like anything under 1400 and that was about a i think that was an ounce and an eighth too mm-hmm. so you guys have like a federal sponsorship because elliot shut you down real quick when you started to say remington <laughs> he was just wrong we've shot no. federal for 25 no. years no i was other than your reloads, that's all we've ever shot really yeah i mean i switched to kent for a little bit well i don't know what we shot before that we that, weren't killing the, we the first doing. year. We we couldn't kill them. We were just wounding them like crazy. We were collecting them, but the dog was chasing them all over yeah. the marsh. Yeah. And then we we increased the speed on our load, and we started becoming a lot more lethal. It was the drakes we couldn't kill. The hens were easy, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what shot size for ducks? Uh, you're talking mallards. Sure. Uh, twos. And same for geese. Yeah, because we're duck hunters, and I don't buy special shells for geese. And when we do hunt geese, we hunt them over our decoys. And we're hunting them on the river, and if I can't kill a goose with twos at 20 yards, then I don't need to be shooting. It kills them dead in a hammer at that distance. Yep. 
Um, beard or no beard? <laughs> For the the listeners, he just pointed to his face and his beard, so <laughs> that'd be a confirmed beard. And, yes. Uh, uh, face paint or face mask? Face mask. I think I would like to try some of that stuff that the guy you had on that's water soluble and everything. Mm-hmm. But the, the only time I've used face paint is that greasy stuff. And oh, I've got it too. You do? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind trying that. I think I'm going to do a uh, uh, a test because I've got like that dollar Halloween stuff that you can get. It's just black. And uh, I may do a test between those two. But I mean, I like that. Hardy's face paint guy. So I don't, I'm, I'm worried. Like if it turns out that the Halloween stuff is just as good as his, I don't want to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Halloween stuff comes off pretty easy. I'll, I'll tell you everyone I've used it. It comes, it, it comes off pretty easy. Nice. Yeah. I, I've tried, the, I've never tried the Halloween stuff, but I know that the Hardy stuff's worked better than anything else I've tried so far. Yeah. The, the only exception on that face paint and mask is, when I get later in the season, like I would love to have the face paint during teal season when it's hot, but when it gets cold, just a thin face piece is all I need to stay, keep my face warm. Mm. Maybe you just need to grow a bigger beard. Maybe that's it. I'm, I'm shaving it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to let it come out. In late season, I don't wear anything but uh, just a regular hat. Really? Oh. Really? Yeah, it was uh, negative mallards, five degrees, and all I was wearing was this. <laughs> the the mallards don't fly with the top of you and flare off of you. Off a hat. Off your face. Off your face. Oh well, I'm, I wear I wear face paint though. Oh okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, man, yeah. when it's cold, I've got to have full face coverage. I can't stand wind on my face and my neck, and I feel like it's just if it. you you keep it like that all season long that you just kind of get used to it. I don't know. Especially wind on my neck drives me insane. Oh man, I gotta have something on my neck. It kills me. Hmm. But those those new uh, head jacks I've got, um, I'm excited to see how well those do because it's a stocking cap and then it comes down real close to the side. So I'm curious to see how warm that'll keep me. So when jacks. when you put that on and then you turn your head, it, does it feel like there's a restriction no. there? Mm-mm. Wow, that'd be nice. Yeah, it is. It I is. hate those hoodies. Yeah, I've got white ones now for snow boots hunting, but. Only have the one, only have one large camo one. Hmm. They're nice, nice product. Did I forget anything on the lightning round? I don't know. I lost track of where we are. I don't think so. I I had one by camo. Oh, uh, Fumblements or the Assassin? Oh, well, <laughs> I I named myself Fumblements decades ago <laughs> on accident. But I'll have to say that the Assassin seems. <laughs> <laughs> seems a lot better <laughs> but the only thing is though see i don't mind being called the assassin but i don't want to have to live up to it <laughs> so there lies a little problem because elliot is going to call it out to me that you can be sure of that how's, how's it going to be when uh somebody notices you at cabela's and just calls you the assassin or yells across the, the store <laughs> i'll tip them 10 bucks <laughs> Oh. Cross <laughs> That's a lot more uh, less alarming than the assassin. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Aiden and I have been working on him hard to get personalized license plate that says fumbles, but he he won't seem to go for it. Uh, I'm not sure I want to be known around town. 
However true it might be. Yeah, if you get I'd in say a car you're accident. Town. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot hates my my tag because it's duck guy. And it's a generic. So we'll we'll that's nah, not the reason you hate it. We'll drive down and park along the side of the road and crawl down over some oh, hillside yeah. and go to a marsh. And he wants me to cover up my tag so that or park my truck so they can't yeah. read my tag so that they won't think I'm a duck hunter and there's not a duck hunting spot down there. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, one of our best spots, a lot of people don't know about, and our, in that area you can deer hunt. Our, you can, our best spot. You can deer hunt. You can turkey hunt, and we park at this spot. Squirrel, squirrel hunt. And <laughs> he's got this stupid license plate just advertising it to everyone what we're doing down in there. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> he never ceases to persecute me about that. Well, I mean, I don't want. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, I, I can agree, I can agree with that one. Maybe I if I put a think. face mask on my license plate, and that's <laughs> the same reason not to have all those gaudy uh, duck stickers too. Mm-hmm. If, if you're hunting places, you don't want people to know what you're doing. Uh, you can even make a case to slap some deer stickers on your car. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> I can put a mushroom on my license tag or something. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to jump into the main meat of the podcast? Sounds good to me. Uh, I, I guess I'll lay off all that for a little while here. <laughs> it's uh, it's Greybeard. <laughs> oh, Greybeard, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate Greybeard is right beside me. Well, here, take a look I'm at that. My Greybeard. <laughs> all right, so the um, podcast topic for today. Is it's been a while since we've just had a pure topic because we have guests on, but uh, our guests had to reschedule and then we tried contacting a couple more people and didn't work out. So we're going to be doing just a straight topic going over preseason preparation. You know, with season coming up, what we what we do to prepare for it. And so, uh, Fumble Mitch, you want to start us off with one? With one what? I was. I was not paying attention. <laughs> preseason preparation. Preseason preparation. Yeah, what do you what do you do to prepare for the season? Uh, what do I do? He calls me on the phone and tells me what to do. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's real nice when you get old because you can just sit back and let the younger guys take care of it. But I had some repairmen at my house today, and I just sat in my lawn chair and watched them work. And I said, you know, the being old is really fun because you get to sit and watch the young people work. <laughs> well, but, you've but, been doing some. We don't have any preset scheduled checklist. We do preseason. I mean, as as seasons vary, we just have different tasks that yeah. arise. So, I mean, we've got definitely some tasks going on now, um, for sure. Well, you know, I mean, what have you been working all the time lately? Well, I've I've been rigging up some uh, Texas rigs on some of those uh, white rock yeah. decoys. Uh, we got some. We purchased a couple dozen uh, lifetime Texas rigs, and I rigged those up here recently. And boy, those look nice. The the Texas rigs we've been using. I just had a bunch of anchors and stuff, and I cut up with a hacksaw and drilled holes through them and used them for weights. They worked really well, though. Yeah, they worked. They fine. just don't look that pretty. No, they don't look pretty at all. Nice. Um, one of the things that you have to do is if you have a motorized boat. There's always a ton of work you got to do on those things. Make sure the taillights work and the change the oil. And like right now, I got my boat jacked up in the backyard with the wheels off of it because we burned out the my axle and bearings. 
So um, another thing I do is I go through my closets and kind of get my hunting clothes organized and uh, um, organize my pack. I go through my pack and make sure what, what I left in there the year before is appropriate for teal season. So I get my pack all all uh, organized and everything. We need to do a show on what all you carry in your pack. <laughs> now, because now, now that he's 75, he doesn't carry his own pack in anymore. And I'm that thing weighs about 60 pounds on a teal hunt. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm like pack light, and I uh, try to pick that thing up. It's got bricks in it. <laughs> Ever yeah. since he knows we're going to carry his pack, because when we walk in anymore, well, I mean, he's got heart problems, and he's had a. There's no telling what I might need. He's got a stint and stuff, so he doesn't. We don't make him carry his own pack in there anymore. When we when we go in, and I'm telling you, if you I, know, tealants are going to end by nine thirty, and that thing literally weighs like sixty pounds. Well, that one thing is for sure. If I know that I'm going to carry my own pack on that particular hunt. I pack real life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what all you have in that thing, though. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's alternate on these. So, um, just to kind of review our list, we got uh, go over your Texas rigs. Make sure your, your decoys are rigged well. Um, yeah. You know, preparation on your boat. Make sure your boat's in running order, and go through your camo. Um, the next one I would say is um, if you have any permanent blinds, you can get those brushed in. Um, or your layout blind, um, have that brushed in as well, or an A-frame, whatever you have, uh, make sure you get that brushed in is something that, you know, it's better to have at least a start on before you get out in the field. Um, because I've been out there with something that's not brushed in at all, rushing before light, and you're not going to have it done as well as if you took time before season to get that brushed in. True. Yeah. All right, Elliot, you want to throw one in? Yeah, I always set up a hunt calendar. I, I pull up my Google calendar. Typically, I'll do it as early as mid-August, sometimes even early August. This year, I did a little later. But I'll go through, and we don't take out-of-state trips, but we take a lot of weekend trips. And so I will line up um, the hunt calendar, when all the trips are, what days off people are going to need to take, and then start sending that out to people in the group just to get an idea, let everybody know. For some reason, people allow me just to decide on my own, which is great because I don't seem to. I just kind of throw them out there. It's like, this is when we're doing it. Um, and so people start, you know, I can make it, I can't make it. But I always love to do that. Um, I, I go clear up until beginning of December. That's kind of when our weekend trips stop, uh, mid, I guess mid-November. So I, I really enjoy doing that and doing the hunt calendar and kind of have an idea how many hunt times I think I'm going to get out. and That kind of deal. Start shooting it out to people. Awesome. So uh, the next one uh, that I would mention is uh, repairing your decoys. Uh, if you have holes in them, either pitch them or repair them. Uh, I, I had one year when I ordered uh, that uh, x-ray, I forget what, that special paint that doesn't, that reflects the right kind of light for the ducks. That UV light or whatever. UV thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I repainted all my decoys. I only did that one year because it it seemed like it <laughs> kind of got dull pretty fast. But have you ever heard about the that paint, Jordan? No, I have not heard about it. Apparently, this came on the market um, about what about ten oh, years ago? Yeah, about ten years ago. And they started saying that um, ducks view light differently, or something than we do. They and see wavelengths that we don't see. And mm -hmm. so 
the light reflects off decoys differently than a real bird. So they started selling this um, special paint that was supposed to make decoys look more reflect light, more like actual ducks. I never could tell any difference. I doubt. I mean, it didn't catch on. You don't hear people talking about it anymore. No, no. But it was certainly interesting, and he painted a bunch in. I didn't notice him all of a sudden swarming into our decoys. No, I didn't either. <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, it wasn't just, I mean, there was a thing there. What I need is a half a dozen spinners. That's what I need now. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. as far as the holes, do you, uh, do you fill them with foam or anything like that? I know diver hunters fill their decoys with foam a lot because divers get right in there in the decoys. I bought some foam decoys. Pretty good for me because I shoot the de I shoot the uh, birds right in the decoys. <laughs> in fact, corn corn won't hardly bring his decoys anymore because yeah. I keep plugging big holes in them. Boy, the decoys <laughs> that he bought, you put one BB through it and it makes a hole a half inch in diameter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would have a few things to say about that. So my response, he was corning at me about it. And my response to him was, don't put him over there where I'm shooting. So he doesn't anymore. If he's yeah, with so us, he, doesn't. he puts his decoys on the outskirts. Because you do have a uncanny knack. Well, I do. Shooting yeah, I do. You know, we, I, I, I thought we were trying to think of some way to get even with him for having fed me that dog food. <laughs> and so one idea oh, that we yeah. came up with was, that I was going to bring some decoys like his, some replacement decoys, so it wouldn't be a gross trick. And the first time he snapped at me about a little something, which corn does quite a bit, I was going to pop up and just plug holes in several. Like, just start unloading on all of his decoys. Yeah. Bam, bam. bam. <laughs> I've had enough. Pow, pow, pow. I want to see it. You guys better do that this year. Over all this, I replace his decoys. So yeah. He doesn't hate me forever. Yeah. That's what but, you should do. You should get the exact kind, and then you can shoot his actual ones, but then you have a box of new ones to give him. Yeah, that, that we, was the plan. Well, that particular year, we had we had that, but he hardly went. I was waiting for him to come, and he never did come. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's that not too late. Good. I want to see that for sure. He probably could still do it in November. He's going to be on that November. <laughs> I think if you yeah. do that, your <laughs> assassin title will be claimed for life. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. Well, that would be fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Corn uh, okay. was the mastermind behind feeding him dogs. Yeah, he was. Well, that was mm. a dirty trip. <laughs> All right. Next next preseason thing for preparation, um, I would say, is getting out there and shooting your gun. Um, one thing that I love to do. I'm pretty much just all off season anytime I can go, but you know, the closer you get the season, the more important it is, is getting out there, you do sporting clays or shoot clay pigeons, whatever you want to do, but uh, making sure you get your shot on before you get to duck season. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I want my, all my equipment perfectly organized before the season starts. So I've got, space in my garage and then i've got a separate room um where i have stuff in multiple places and i want to make sure and have it clean tidy and fully organized as the season starts i know at the last day of season i i meant to do this where it's like take a picture of it at the beginning of season and then a picture of all my uh hunting space at the end of the season because by the end of season it's a mess but i really like to have it all totally organized the other thing I would say is to uh, kind of polish up your dog a little bit. Um, if the dog is 
is just locked in a kennel 20, 365 days a year, I'd say you need to get that dog out and get him exercised, which I don't really care for that practice. I mean, if you have dogs in a kennel, labs are built for people. And you need to be paying attention to that dog and taking them out and walking them and running them. And, and even if it's not a matter of training, just a matter of relating to your dog. But, uh, you know, like, like with Candy, well, I think everybody knows that Candy has trouble with braking. And so I've been working with her just on simple stay commands all summer. I mean, we were out camping and every time I bring her into the camper, I'd make her sit and stay before I released her to come in. And uh, so even if it's something that simple, um, that's if you have it, if you're using a dog, that's a, uh, they need a little, a little wake up. Definitely can agree on that. I was doing pretty good up till till season, but um, since till season and the gap in between, we have not been training as much. So I probably need to keep working with chief on that. Uh, the next one I would have uh, is um, get out your calls, make sure, uh, you know, just maybe the day before it's not something if you know how to call already not something you have to spend a great amount of time with but you know make sure your your calls tuned right and uh, you don't want the first time you're you're blowing in your goose call or blowing in your duck call being opening morning when you got a flock come in here and you make some kind of crazy noise and they flare off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and clean your call too because you know grit and junk can get down mm-hmm. in there yep and uh yeah especially that's good for me because uh with that grit, it seems if you have like dirt in there as well as I kind of get a lot of moisture in there, slobbering, uh, when I call. And then you, if you have, if you got a double read, your call sticks pretty quickly. So getting all that grime out of there and, and grit can help you in you, that like, way too. Does your, does your teal call kind of freeze up on you? My teal call? Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't use it once it's cold. Well, I know, but during teal season. No, huh? Yeah. Not at all. I've been... My, my teal call, and I don't blow it much, but it's kind of been freezing up on me a little bit. Well, you when know, I say freeze up, I don't mean freeze. I mean just lock, jam up. Jam up. Uh, my, I, I got a new one in the Hunter's Hall, which is exactly the same kind. And my old one was getting a little bit sticky. Huh. And so I don't know if it needs to be cleaned or what, because this one I'm using now is brand new. Okay. So I definitely noticed on my, my last one uh-huh. that it did that. Man, the more and more we use those teal calls, the more and more I love them. Yeah, I, I really, I don't want to call. You sound so good. I've been really working on varying it up and finding more cadences with the teal call. We had one morning out teal hunting, a little off topic, that, you know, the teal were being so vocal in the morning. And I do this any time in the morning when, the, when it's dark out. Anytime you hear ducks quacking, I try to immediately mimic what they're doing the, the moment after they do it. So I had a chance to do that with teal for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was able to really hear some things and pick up some. Oh, that little sucker was different. Cracking cracking back at you. Yeah. That was fun. It was fun. Well, off topic, but whose is it? Is it mine again? Uh, I think it's mine. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was talking about the call and I was commenting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. You know, I don't, you certainly want to deep clean your shotgun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how much shotguns are supposed to be totally broken apart and clean. I know corn never takes his apart and they never seem to malfunction. I take mine apart all the time and it malfunctions <laughs> way more than his do. But I, I, I will typically do it about three times during season 
and at the end of season and then again at the beginning before uh, my particular shotgun my beretta outlander it's prone to not fully cycling the shell um if it's not if it's not clean then it won't it won't feed that second shell in all the way and it won't lock so but i certainly i mean pumps and um semis are both pretty easy to take apart all the way and take apart and clean them out and, yeah and i certainly would do that before the beginning of the season well uh regarding your gun i have a little piece of advice uh you might want to carry some wd-40 or or whatever with you because if you happen if it's in the winter and you happen to drop your gun into the water and bring it out now it's frozen you think that'll really take care of that wd-40 will absorb water yeah my my outlander i mean you get any any drop of water on that thing freezes if it's real cold out it's yeah. horrible about freezing out way worse than my mossberg was yeah. of course if a, when you have a like a pump you can start you know you can work right. it a lot better right, right. um man but my out my outlander will freeze at the drop of a hat i'll have to build I, one time i was out by myself i had to make a fire and lay it by a fire because i just couldn't do anything yeah that was that solo hunt i went by myself on the river yeah i have a tendency to drop mine in the drink once every couple of years that's better than dropping myself in the drink, which I've been known to do that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the kind of uh, the next one I have is kind of kind of goes without saying, but you know, before season, you know, kind of the week leading up, uh, you want to be doing your scouting, you know, making sure you're going to be on on the X on your hunt, and also, especially this goes for for public land hunters, um, you know, make sure you have a plan B, you know, plan C. Uh, you know, at minimum, because you might get beat out to your spot, especially opening day. There's always the rush. There's the excess amount of people. Um, and you never know when you might need to switch up the plan to get away from the crowds. I wonder how many people actually do that. I know on opening day, I had seven spots planned, lined up. Yeah. When it's opening day, you don't know. I wonder how many people do that or just wing it. I mean, we will talk about it and go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. We'll have it all pre-thought. Yeah, that huh? we got to we got to D. Uh, you and Aiden got to D. Aiden and I, yeah, we were got we were in Plan D. Yeah, that's pretty far down the list. <laughs> yeah, we did pretty good. But uh, the only thing about scouting for teal season, particularly opening teal season, is that it's it's kind of like you have to go on past years, and and what the conditions are. You're looking for food. You're looking for where the ducks have been in the past years because the ducks may not arrive till the night before. I mean, all your scouting is, well, don't see any ducks. Well, that's because they haven't arrived yet. We've had multiple hunts in the last few years where it's been, we've scouted the day before and haven't seen anything, and then bam, then we right, nail them. Right, Like two or three different times in the past three years. Yeah, yeah and that's particularly so uh, the first opening day of teal season. Hmm. All right, you guys got any more? My list is, uh, I think I got about one more. Yeah, well, I got one more. I got one more. Hang out with your wife a bunch. <laughs> Take your wife out a bunch. Do a bunch of housework. Get all the brownie points. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fumbles, you got you got one more? Yeah. Uh, it's not cold. It's not cold. <laughs> it's, it's, well, I guess uh, all I've got to say is I'll just repeat something. Is the older you get, the less you have to do because you have Sonny Boy to do the work for you. There you go. Used to be when, when we went hunting together, it was I had responsibility for everything. 
All he had to do is just show up with his gun and shells and boots. <laughs> tides have turned. Now the tides have turned. I just show up with my gun and my shells and my boots. <laughs> and I'm smiling all the way to the marsh. Awesome. Yeah, I acquired all these white rock decoys, dozens and dozens and dozens. And he gets back from Minnesota. And I said, okay, why don't you start working on the uh, Texas rigs? And I, he acted like that was some major major task well yeah well the way i used to do them it was a major task <laughs> but these a real surprise that he had a little responsibility there these when you these texas rigs when you don't rig them 100 percent yourself they just have a little snap you snap on the decoy but the way i rigged them was uh just every piece every little piece you had to figure out all righty and then the last one i got is um, watch some YouTube, watch some, uh, YouTube duck hunting from uh, freelance duck hunting and duck gun chronicles, get yourself in the mood, pumped up to get out there and, uh, get on some opening day limits. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely, I've been binge watched your, uh, I don't know what night that was Sunday night. I think mm -hmm. I watched through most of your season too. Nice. Well, what really gets me up is going to the playlist for fumble mitts <laughs> on the duck hunting app. What really got me. <laughs> nice actually i i actually watched all three seasons every episode <laughs> hmm. well I, I can't wait for the assassin playlist to come out next <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a short list <laughs> <laughs> all right well that concludes the preseason preparation list it looks like we got some questions over here in the chat so let's jump over to those um, somewhere in Wisconsin, <clears throat> somewhere in Wisconsin asks, um, do you do anything special to hide your dog when hunting, hunting from the shore? Um, you can use a ground blind. Um, if you're using a natural blind, just get them in there with you. Uh, same with an A-frame, you know, uh, maybe let them stick their head out the side just so they can see the birds. Um, what about you guys? Well, it's, it's our theory that if we hide ourselves adequately, our dog is going to be hidden adequately as well. I've never, I've never used a, a ground blind. Now, in our layout boats, we definitely have our dogs under our hood. But in that case, we're hiding ourselves. So if I just figure if we're hidden well, the dog is right beside us, the dog's probably going to be hidden well. The only, ex the only exception to that is in the green vegetation, we get Izzy in there. She sticks out like a spotlight. Yeah, she's so she's so light colored that I don't think you need to do much for a black lab. I mean, they're they just blend, blend in like a shadow. But I know the yellows like Izzy for a long time. I kept a little small um, camo net that I would put over her just because I mean her facial features just stick out just like coyotes or something. Now you put her in the dried up cattails and she disappears. Yeah, you you get her in real late season cattails and she disappears, but yeah, we typically just build a blind and then make them stand kind of under it with their head out if we're building a blind. I, th I think the number one shore. key is a uh, hardy face paint for a dog. I've been putting it on Chief, he looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to try that for Izzy. She would look cool with that. Yeah. All right, Virginia Backwater Adventure asks, what type of decoys do you use in the early season? Um, I'll, I'll be using White Rock decoys. Yeah, certainly. We, we will be using White Rock um, um, 
pool pool five you know what they're called pool seven. Pool, five, pool, seven. Pool, pool seven. seven pool seven and we've got both of those but then and, early the and we will also um like when we go out uh opener early opener is october 13th so we're planning on doing two dozen white rock floaters pintails and teal and so if we we will throw out to four to five dozen half of which will be mallards 10 pintails, the rest teal. We work really hard to match what's around. And two dozen mallards at that time, maybe even, we may only go with one dozen. Yeah, we we also have gadwall and uh, uh, some other species. Got some wigeon. Some wigeon and stuff. But what we're trying to do this year is to demonstrate that, that those white rock decoys are pretty much what you need. And uh, so we're kind of, cutting back on some of these other species this year yeah but we'll definitely still have the having the, the pintails the, the pintails yeah the, the pintails early season you might not see any mallards and yet there are pintails and teal yeah there's quite a few pintail around right now i think and there will be awesome yeah for me i don't have to worry about that i mean i don't have the luxury of worrying about that unfortunately because we only have we literally only have mallards and wood ducks early season yeah you're just hoping for one pintail someday yeah yeah i've never i've never <laughs> even seen one <laughs> yeah and with the pintail though if we if we want to shoot pintail coming up here in october we're gonna to have to be way more hidden than we were getting for teal season we were able to virtually not hide at all during teal season and we were it seemed like we were just on the x every time or something but um if we all the pintail we saw and we had pintail circling us multiple yeah. times yeah. Mm -hmm. if we're not going to get more hidden than that we're not going to shoot any pintail yeah so we'll probably go all out hide yeah. Um, probably. The, I'm hoping layout boat hunting, but for this next opener, we'll probably go all out hide yeah. so we can try to shoot some pintails. Yeah. We nice. would have had pintails in it. We've been all out hidden yeah. over teal season. Yeah. Once blind outdoor asks, brushing in your your blind before you go out. Do you mean fake grass and stuff um, as a start uh, that you don't have to do as much out in the field? Yeah, that's what I mean. You can use actual grass, like if you have somewhere you can stop by and you know, chop some off, um, you know, with a machete or something like that. Or you, you can get the fake grass, especially for like permanent blinds. Um, we'll get fake grass and, you know, the vegetation go out there um, before season and brush those in. And then as well as your mobile setups as well. Um, you can use fake grass and you can use natural stuff just to get you a head start. And then you brush it in to match the rest of the way. Yeah, that cuts down on a lot of time with our layout boats. They have those little loops so you can stuff stuff in. So we try to do a base of raffia grass. And I think I think it's Avian X that sells the, the fast grass, they call it, I believe. It's the raffia grass. And and then after that, we will fill in with what's there to make it look even more natural. But it cuts down a lot of work to have a base layer on stuff. Yeah. And uh, Kyle Dean asked, my dog is three years old. He is, uh, he's new duck... He's new to duck hunting, uh, knows the basics. Um, I should be over here. He is too old to fetch ducks. Three years old? No, he's not too old to learn um, at three years old. Would you guys yeah. agree? Right, yes. You just you want to find out how, how much he likes to chase things. You know, like take him into a hallway or, or someplace and bounce a tennis ball off the wall and see if he loves to chase it. If, if he does, then you got something to start with. Yeah. And I'd say be very, very careful to not make your, your dog gun shy, especially at three years old. 
So just be careful. Yeah. Just do the yeah. the proper way of working it in from a distance and doing it with positive reinforcement. Yeah, the way I, the way I did it, and it still didn't work for candy, was I have this black powder pistol, and uh, they have little percussion caps that you put in to ignite the powder. So I just loaded this little pistol with these caps, and that's all. And then I took Candy out in the yard away from it and played around with her and everything. And I had my grandson shoot off a cap, and she was afraid of it. And so mm. you want to you want to start as far away with your gun as possible and with as small of a gun as possible, and then just keep working up. But you don't want to the first time you. The thing you don't want to do is go out in the blind with four other guys and everybody unloads their gun the first pass. And now your dog is really scared. Yep. And last call and question, guys. we got a couple more we're going to do. So um, someone in Wisconsin asks, when does your season open? Uh, Northern Indiana zone opens October 20th. Uh, how about you guys over there in Kansas? We've got the youth early zone opener this weekend. Then we've got the early zone. Then we've got the youth for the late zone, or not the late zone, but youth for the regular duck zone. And then we open on the 27th. So we've got two openers, 13th, um, where we have to travel a little bit, then 27th for our actual local neighborhoods. Hmm. I'm jealous. I still got a while to wait. <laughs> um, and then uh, Virginia Backwaters Adventure asks, do you feel like eyeglasses and sunglasses flare birds? Um, personally, I do. You know, if you think about people being worried about your face glaring and flaring birds, when the shine off that is much less than glasses or sunglasses, then I would say that they're at least something to take in consideration. Yeah. Uh, there's an, another issue to having glasses, and that is fog. If you really have to exercise getting in there. By the time you get in there, your liable glasses are liable to be all fogged up. And, uh, and so if you wear or are thinking about wearing contact lenses, it's probably not a bad idea. I've never done that. And I've decoy birds, but uh, that can be a problem. I wonder what the difference is though, like on a really bright day, you're gonna get a lot of sunlight reflecting off the water as the water ripples, right? Yeah. And I wonder what the difference is between the reflection off of like sunglasses versus ripples on the water. I wonder if it's a drastic difference or if it looks somewhat similar to a duck. It probably looks similar, I, I would know. think. I don't know. If it looks similar, then it wouldn't be a problem. But but my experience is if you get extremely well hidden and your face hidden, I don't think it makes a big difference. I'm more concerned about the fog. Hmm. Cause you have to get cooled down. You got to, if you're going to glasses are going to fog up, you got to get in there early enough that you get cooled down by the time the shooting time arrives. And I've allowed a lot of cases when shooting time arrived and my glasses were still fogged up. Mm -hmm. All right. Last two questions or last one question was combine it as one. Um, somewhere in Wisconsin, any goals you have for this year, this season? Um, I'll let you guys fill this one first. You have anything for me personally? For me personally, I would like to get some really good still shots of our hunting. And, uh, I would like to shoot 
a duck or two right in the decoys every time out. <laughs> every time, no skunks. <laughs> I'd rather not be skunked, but it's okay if I am. Yeah, that's a good goal. You got one, Elliot? Yeah, well, my mom's trying to make my dad say stuff in the background, so I'm waiting to see whether she's going to pressure him enough to say something or not. <laughs> yeah, she says that I ought to, what I should be wishing for is that the weather stays warm enough that I can get more hunts in, yeah. <laughs> which is true. Because he can't go under, if it gets under 30 degrees, doctors banned him from hunting. So um, my, my goals are... Statistically speaking, I'm always trying to shoot 50%. Um, I'm always trying to shoot three birds a hunt. I'm always trying to go after that elusive, lose zero birds in a year, which I've got, I've gotten down. I've got, I lost a bird on one of my last hunts one time. Um, so I've, I've got one season with only losing one. Um, I want to try to make, I've noticed a little bit um, with the camera that anytime I see something cool, like uh, the pelicans on the last video, I'm so eager to video it that sometimes I'm forgetting just to put the camera down and really feel it. I'm making it a goal of mine to not allow myself to be so camera that I'm not actually feeling the same emotions the hunt that I would if I didn't have the camera with me. I think that's a really big goal. It's easy to do. And, you know, in the past, if you don't have a camera, you see something cool, you just sit there and soak it in. If you have a camera, you're immediately, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. Well, it never looks as cool on camera as it does with the naked eye. So it's yep. easy to lose track of that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's hard for us, um, you know, kind of in particular with being content creators. You know, one thing I've kind of felt myself that's similar to that is when you're out there and you're trying to get away, you're trying to get in the outdoors and enjoy it. And then, um, you know, you're doing Instagram stories and then you're filming stuff and you're making sure everything's right. And you're just so like wrapped up in it that, um, yeah. you know, I did on one trip this year, I tried not to like use my phone at all on a fly fishing trip with my dad. You know, it's just kind of good to unplug, but you know, kind of, we have to have a happy medium with that, with the content creation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, I think that's all for us tonight. Uh, any last words, Fumblement? Uh, I just wish everybody good luck in their season and uh, uh, make your shot selection good and your shots true. All right. Wise words from a wise fumble mitts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's all. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and uh, thanks again for joining us, fumble mitts. And uh, that's all we got for tonight, and we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, guys, for joining us and sticking through the whole podcast. We really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without this awesome community that we got, the Duck Gun Podcast community. We'd also like to thank our partners, which make this podcast, make this content possible. We really appreciate your support. We'd like to thank HTR Innovations, White Rock Decoy, Gunner Kennels, and Sportsman Taxidermy. That's all we got for tonight, folks. We'll see you guys next time. Let's go.
that's a wrap. Thanks again, guys, for joining us again, making it through another podcast. We really appreciate you guys. This community, this podcast would be nothing without all the great people we have tuning in week in and week out and joining us for the podcast. Big thanks, big shout out to our sponsors for the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, We'd like to thank HGR Innovations. We'd like to thank White Rock Decoys, Sportsman Taxidermy, and Gunner Kennels. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be possible and we wouldn't be able to bring you guys this awesome content. So anyways, guys, that's all we got for this week. Duck season, guys, it's so close, I can almost taste it. We're so ready, guys. Just hang in there. Only a week. You know, maybe you've already started, but only a week or two for a lot of us. Anyways, guys, that's all I got, and we'll see you guys next time.